Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we are on episode 50. 5-0. You, you. I feel like this should be some kind of anniversary. Are you in the anniversary, man? No, like this is a big, this is episode 50. It's like, monumental. It's, it's a good thing. It's I'm cool. very nostalgic because again, I remember going, okay, I guess we're just going to be in a basement talking about reselling and maybe we'll do this like a couple months. This is like our, how it goes. It's like our 50 cent episode. 50 cent. Yeah. I don't know. 50 Cent went broke. I'm not sure well, I want to go down that road. I'm not talking about like the rapper 50 okay, Cent. Like right. we're, we're, you know, 50% of a century of episodes. Okay. We can go down that road. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> that works. Hey, but we're only two away from our one year. We already talked this. about that again. It's not. I one know, year, but I'm though. so, I'm so, I'm so excited. I'm so thankful for all of our listeners out there, whether you're on iTunes or Spotify or on YouTube. It's just, it's just awesome that, hey, we have a whole community that we're a part of now. Yeah. It's cool. I'm just grateful. I'm grateful too. Okay. All right. Are you grateful about the summer slowdown? Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I, well, I hope I'm ready. I'm, I'm definitely not excited for it, but you know, it's one of those things where, it comes, and so you have to deal with it. And uh, I think I think I'm prepared. It's like it's almost like the opposite of those the the Game of Thrones memes where it's like winter is coming. It's like summer is coming. Oh, no, I agree. And I feel like this episode is cliche ish. Like everybody's doing a summer slowdown episode. Are they? Yeah. And then when I was looking on like YouTube, like there's summer slowdown episodes in 2018. There's like YouTube's in 2017, 2016. And uh, part of it is because it's real. The other part of it is. You want to have people like find your content. You're going to use those keywords, right? So we're going to be a little different though. Oh, a, lo- a local offer. I don't think we've ever had a local offer. That's kind of interesting. I-, I think you like to keep your volume on your phone just so you can show off with your I offers. I totally forgot that was on. I'm serious, but local offer, I'm good with that. So going back to what I was saying was I want to call this episode slowing down the summer slowdown. It's almost like double negative though. So you're, you're, if you're slowing the slowdown, then you're just maintaining the same speed. Correct. And that's what we want to do. All right. Like we don't want the sales to stop. We no, want to keep of course moving. you don't. Is it, is it possible to not just slow the slowdown, but to accelerate the growth over the summer? Yeah, but okay. How do you word that? Acceler- accelerate the growth of the non-slowdown? Well, I'm just saying, like, if we do it right, is it possible to, to, to like, completely overcome slowdown and it's not even slowdown? I guess so. All right. I don't want to go too long. I know people are already now like, get on with it. Let's get, here's the thing. Summer slowdown, like, and we'll talk about, we're going to talk about mindset in a little bit, is, is such a, I would say, it's if you can make it through summer slowdown, like, you will make it as a reseller. And what do you think about that? Man, it sounds good to me. I mean, right? Because if you can make it now... You can make it any other time of the year. Yeah, and and I think I think that's a good point. I mean, you, you one of the big things I I try and think of when I think of the summer slowdown was one is I didn't experience it last year, right? I was yep. just starting out I and I was selling a lot of things, so uh, I don't know if that was just because eBay was trying to hook me as a new seller. Um but I didn't really experience tons of slowdown over the summer. Um but um you know, if you know it's going to be a slowdown, then I feel like you just kind of anticipate that as like a yearly goal of money as opposed to like monthly. Like you, you prepare for it, right? No, I agree. It's kind of like Dave Ramsey says, like people are like, oh, I don't have enough money for Christmas or I don't have my birthdays. And he goes, uh, yeah, those aren't surprises, right? And so it's the same thing with summer slowdown. Yeah. Like it's not a surprise. 
Right. So talk, talk to me about budgeting. You want to say something about that? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, being a teacher, I'm on a 10 year contract, right? So like in my, in my nine to five, as it were, I don't get paid in the summer at all. So like the idea of summer slowdown is hundred percent normal to me. Like if I okay, don't, I if I don't it. take on summer school, which, which isn't always an option, I just don't get paid over the summer. And, and, and a lot of districts, mine included do offer 12 month contracts instead of 10 month contracts. Uh, but basically what you're doing is you're allowing the district to hold your money for you and then pay you your money later, which I would rather hold it myself and make the interest on it. Cause I, I did the math one time when I was in high school, I was in an accounting class and the teacher told us that almost every single teacher at the campus did 12 month contract instead of 10. And so we looked up what the, uh, the salary of the teachers were and how many teachers were in the district. And we figured out some outrageous number that the school was able to hold each year and make interest on. Really? And the teachers didn't. Yeah, I, I'm, an, I'm a former administrator. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Cause I mean, what is the school doing with that money in the meantime? Well, if it's if it's tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars that they're got in a bank account, they're pulling interest oh, on that. Okay, right. That interest. So money, I guess all of this to say money today is worth more than money tomorrow. Right. Agreed. So I would rather, I would rather have my money today and save it for tomorrow than to let somebody else save it and make the interest and make the, so how that would relate to reselling is if you know, going into summer that there's going to be two or three months where things kind of slow down, right. Mm -hmm. That, when you're in Q4, when you're in the times of the years, when you're January, when things are like really, really going well for eBay is you stick some of that money in a bank account to cover the dip in the summer. Agreed. Right. Instead of saying like, Hey, I made, you know, a thousand dollars extra this month than I was planning on making. I'm going to go, you know, crazy at the casino. You, <laughs> you know, you and just in the bridge. No, no. Yeah. Your house always wins pretty much. Pretty much. But so instead you put it in a bank account and you say, okay, well, if the summer slows down, I'll pull this and I won't even feel it. And if the summer doesn't slow down, then I've got a bonus. You got a bonus. No, no. I think, you know, I, I've been doing that for years. So I didn't think about it in that way. I actually did the 12 month. Uh, but you know, now as a reseller, I technically have been doing the 10 month. Like I've, I've been banking on summer slowdown since I started being full-time. Mm -hmm. And actually, I'm working like crazy right now to anticipate the summer slowdown. Even though technically, I guess people are saying it's now, which is kind of weird. Mm. Like some, I've heard someone say, I, I think it was a few other people too, that it actually starts after Mother's Day. That's super early. We're talking about like May 10, May 11. What What is the the reasoning people have for summer slowdown? Okay, so hey, that's that's kind of one of our first points. Let's talk about it. We want to talk about so. Hey, this slowdown, we want to make sure you guys understand that it's not you, it's everyone. Right now, here's the hard part. You, you ever seen those like messages like, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, Mike would do this last summer. I have no idea what you're talking about. Slow down? Like I keep having sales. But the reality is, the big picture is that it's dead everywhere. You ever been to a mall in July? I mean, it's when it's hot, it's, it's crowded, right? Because everybody likes the air conditioning. Well, when it's like in San Diego, it's a nice breeze. Like it's pretty, pretty empty. Everybody's at the beach. Everybody's on vacation. Like they're not, they're not in the mall. And so retail overall is dead. So if you get this feeling that, Hey, your sales are, are dead because you know, you did something wrong. There might be some truth to that, but overall, everybody deals with summer slowdown. And here's the other thing I want to mention with that is we're in a different summer slowdown than ever before on, on eBay, at least. Really? Why is that? I think the we don't know, and I'm just I, okay. Before we start anything, I want to say this entire episode is all theoretical. 
Because we really don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, we have some best do we, part. Do we really know anything, though? <laughs> okay. Like, everything is pretty much just theoretical. No, 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 not everything. There's some things we know. But this this whole, let's put it this way. When I talk to eBay reps sometimes, they try to, in a very political way, like, give me an answer. But sometimes, you know, I've heard them say, like, they don't know what AI is really doing. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Kind of scary a, a little bit. But... You know they're gonna take over the world. You, That's what you, they're doing. You really, you really, yeah. You really don't know what exactly is happening with the algorithm. So, so are you attributing summer slowdown to the algorithm? So, or I would want, it be a cultural thing where people just aren't buying as much? No, well, no, it's a cultural thing where people aren't buying as much as at, at least in the states, right? And we'll talk about you know how to reach out to the wider world. Some of them are pretty easy gimmies, but the other thing is now that eBay changed everything to good till canceled. Like, we don't know what the effects of that will be, right? Because supposedly, right, if things go stale after 90 days, well, that update happened, what, in March? So we got March, April, May, and June. So June, okay, will there be a greater effect of a summer slowdown if you have inventory like Orlando that's been in the store for four to five years? Mm. Right? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So we'll talk about that a little bit. That's why I think this is going to be a unique Summer slowdown, we'll find out that it has no effect or we won't really know why, but we're going to go like, you know, I wonder if it's really slower and I'm not trying to scare anybody because I think you definitely can work through it, but is there a reason, is there a bigger reason why it's even slower and is it because of everything going good to canceled? But that doesn't really make sense. Okay, go ahead. Well, I mean, let's, let's if, if, if summer, if summer slowdown has always been a thing, then a new policy by eBay wouldn't be the reason for summer slowdown but this when, year, no, no, which no, we I'm haven't even saying, experienced yet. I'm not saying it's the only reason. I'm saying it makes it more like it, it, it'll make it worse. Hmm. If there's, if you can't figure out ways to make sure that your inventory is selling, even though it's stale, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Which I'm still selling stuff that I sourced like four years ago. So definitely it's going to happen. So understand it's not you. It's everyone except for Mike. All right. So, Last year. I don't know. This year is probably okay. going to be totally different. <laughs> and again, there are, and here's the other one. Don't compare yourself. I don't know how many times we say about that. Do, do you find yourself in the comparison game lately? Now that you've been reselling for a little bit longer? Um, you know, I mean, I, I try not to, I try not to compare because I know everybody's story is different how they get there. Um, I mean, even you, how many times have we talked on the podcast where I've kind of said, um, yeah. I'm, I'm jealous, not jealous, like in a bad way. I mean, there's, I guess not a great jealousy, but you know, kind of like, <laughs> man, why can't I get a good find a good yeah. break? And, 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 and occasionally it happens when it happens for me, it's like, yes. But then I'm like, oh, well, you know, I've, I've been doing it consistently. And of course, eventually I'm going to fall on these. So yeah, just realizing everybody's story is different. Um, my my wife follows a, a reseller on Instagram and and one of the things that this person said which kind of stuck out to both of us was um I, I had to work so hard to get to where I'm at and everybody asks, you know, how I how I got here. And it's like I gave up my family, I gave up opportunities, I gave up and basically if I could go back, I would do it all differently. But yeah, now I've got this huge successful company. So you have to remember that if you compare yourself, you don't know what the other person's life is like, right. And what they're Agreed. giving up to be there. And so, um, you know, you have to, you have to work within the bounds of what, what's good for you. And so if you see people being successful over the summer and you're not, well, 
maybe other areas of your life are better because you're not devoting everything or, or, you know, maybe you need the money and so that's what you need to do. But yeah, comparing the comparing game is never a good thing. Yeah. And I will tell you, it's, it's affected me at times because, you know, we'll get a message every once in a while and I'm all good as long as you let us know, but you know, it's, it's more of a, like a, Hey, I have no idea what you're talking about. Summer slowdown. I sell stuff all the time, all year. And I'm like, okay, you know, that's cool. Like, I appreciate it, you know, but there's ways to communicate mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? And and if you're new, you might see somebody on Instagram or on YouTube and they're they're kind of like dismissive, mm-hmm. right? Like, you just don't know what you're doing. Like, I sell year round. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there, there's a greater context to it. So you got to get in this mindset that ultimately, and we talked about this in several podcasts, that you got to find the model that works for you, right? So... If you know that it's going to be slow, but you know certain things that you do yourself that works and still works through, don't try to be that other person. Because, again, you don't know where they source. You don't know. We really don't all know how much we're all making. I mean, that's the reality of it. Like, I can show you all the charts and all the graphs. That's all we don't show them. Because, honestly, you know, unless you break it down with cost of goods and fees and blah, 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 blah. You really don't know, right? Because sometimes on Instagram, like, or on YouTube or something, you see somebody that says, like, the other day, I saw somebody that made 100K on Amazon. And I'm like, oh, like, in a month. Mm. And I'm like, I would love to get to 100K a month. But then they were talking that their average sale price per item was like $16, right? And that they made $3 per item. Like, that's a lot of volume. Yeah. That's like intense. Now, Hats off to them. Like, hats off to them. They figured it out, you know, because I guess the third of that was profit in a month. So that, that's nice. I mean, 30K a month, can't beat that. Okay, that. That's really good. I mean, you can beat it, but it's hard. And so what I want to let you guys know is, hey, when you're looking at on social or on YouTube, you know, understand that everybody has their own story and how they figure out. Ultimately, it's going to be on you to slow the summer slowdown regardless of how other people are doing. So you're going to have to find, and I would say you're going to have to work harder in the summer than you work all year round. Does that make sense? Yeah. And again, I'm, I'm probably a a bad person to give specific advice on that because summer for me is, is the easier time. This is when I get to spend more time sourcing. So for me, what I've kind of come to the mindset, and again, we're kind of talking about a mindset thing right now. I'm coming from a full-time perspective. Right. Yeah. So if you're full-time, but, but the mindset for me is, I, I switch over to summer becomes a huge sourcing time, right? So even if sales go down, I'm looking at sales are down for these couple of months, but I'm sourcing things that over the next two years are going to be bringing in profit. And so if I can source 10 times as much over the summer than I would over a normal month, then it's it's not it's not actually less money I'm making in the summer. It's kind of like deferred money. Like I'm just deferring it till a later time. So again, that's kind of that mindset thing. So even if you're working hard, you might have to work harder to make the same amount that you're making, but the benefits that you're going to reap from that over the rest of the year or two years or three years while those items sell, um, that extra work doesn't just make you break even over the summer. It actually is going to grow your pipeline. It's going to increase the total revenue coming in. So in the long run, you're going to be making a lot more. Agreed. And and that's the thing. Like, so if you're part-time, you know, this is definitely a time that, you know, now you have that open schedule like you have that you can definitely do really well, right? Because you have all that time. If you're full-time, right, you're already used to that time. I say you'll have to work harder now. And to my disagree, and if you disagree, let us know in the comments below. But I think you have to work harder now 
to make those sales and to keep keep things moving. And in the end, it's going to reward you, especially come August, September. If you have more listings, if you have more on Amazon, if you make a ton on Prime Day and you have more money to, you know, roll over into more investment, like that's definitely going to be a plus. So I would say if you're part-time or if you're full-time, take full advantage of the time that's available to you to make the most of not letting the summer slow down for you, but instead getting ahead on your business. And what are some of the positives? I mean, while we're talking about mindset, what are some of the positives of fewer sales in the summer? Oh, I mean, the the easiest one is it gives you time to evaluate your business and make it better and to prep. You know, I, I find that right now, even myself, like I'm actually organizing my storage I'm actually bringing stuff out of totes that I have not seen in like six months and I'm listing them. I am, uh, you know, figuring out how to be more efficient with my helpers. I'm figuring out, you know, what do I need to do this next Q4 to bank enough so summer slowdown is even better for me. Yeah, yeah that's good. So kind of what you're saying is because you're you're not packing as many items, because you're not mm-hmm. shipping as many items out, it, it frees up time for other things. And so part of the mindset you're going to have to get around is the model of your working might have to shift over the summer. If you get into a routine um, where you normally are shipping between, you know, like six o'clock and eight o'clock at night, like that's your shipping time. And then you, you know, go out the next day. Well, maybe that becomes listing time, which means if your listing time is earlier in the day, maybe that becomes an extra sourcing time. So it's still, you you might have to switch your routine up. Um, but, but that's, that's a mindset thing, right? It's like, okay, the doing the same old isn't going to work over the summer. If, if a entire element of my routine is out of whack, you know, if you're shipping fewer items. So, so a big part of the mindset thing is, you know, don't compare yourself to others and don't even compare yourself to what you were doing two months ago. You have to compare yourself to what you should be doing right now. Cause today is a different day. You can't, what, what worked in the past might not be what's going to work for right now. Yeah, and so some of the things we're going to talk about here when we start getting more practical are going to be things you may be uncomfortable with. And you might go, Mike, Orlando, like, I'm not doing that. That's not my model. So we're okay if you don't do that. But I will tell you, when it comes to summer, you know, especially if full-time, you know, it. I hope it doesn't get – I mean, hopefully you have savings. But we're going to play this episode as if you have no savings. It's feast or famine. So what do you do when it's feast or famine? Like, how do you, how do you control only what you can control? Right. So that's the next thing I wanted to talk about was you cannot control sales. You just can't, you can't control that one day you may have a hundred dollars in sales or the next day you might have 500 and one day you'll have crickets or you might have crickets for four or five days. So understand that, that like, I don't know. I, you know, I stay away. We'll be really real in this episode. I'm feeling it. We should be on every episode. That's part of our... I know, but sometimes we have those really serious episodes. Like, I think this is going to be one of those. But, you know... Knock, knock. You get on on those forums, right? And everybody's like, eBay's dead. eBay, you know, doesn't care about its sellers. Or you get on Amazon, and Amazon is like, Amazon's out to get us, you know, blah, blah. And so this, this is really a great time for... Everyone that is upset about something to get upset, right? Because you're not seeing sales. You want to shift the blame on something. But ultimately, like, that's not going to get you anywhere. Like, you can only control what you can control. You can control what you source. You can control what you list. You can control how pack, how pack, how fast you pack and ship. You can control overall your mindset. But the sales and the amount of money you're going to make, 
you know, the rewards will come later, but you can't control that. That's the market's going to be the market. Yeah. And then um, it, it might become a valuable lesson because I, I know we're trying to be sensitive to the fact that, that, you know, if you're full time, this is your job. And if you're kind of living in a, in a position where it's like every month or every week, you need to be making a certain amount and you're not prepared for a big slowdown. Um, it, even doing all the right things and the practical things we're going to talk about might not mean, you know, a super comfortable summer, right? You might be really struggling the summer, which becomes a very expensive lesson. And how do I prepare for next year and be, and have that money available for the slowdown so that when it slows down, I'm not stressed. Right. So, so even thinking about that as you're going, if you are going through a rough time or summer slowdown and you can't control everything and you can't control those sales and, and you can't, you know, spend time upset because you're not making more money. If you're following all the practical things we're going to talk about, what you can be doing is saying, okay, don't want this next year. Right. What do we do to prepare yeah. for that? Cause it's really easy to forget those times once the gravy train starts rolling again. Right? Yeah, I agreed. And I, this is only my second summer as a full-time seller. So you know, what I'm sharing is, is what worked for me, what, what worked for Mike last year. But, but ultimately, like we said, this is theoretical, right? Ultimately you have to figure out what works for you. We're just hoping that we can kind of guide you <laughs> in the right direction. So let's talk about diversification. So you and I were kind of diversified, but we're not. Mm. Right. So maybe we should be preaching to ourselves. I don't know. So do you get what I mean by diversification? Uh, is that, that's about diversity, right? I, I like, think so. Isn't that an old wooden ship from the civil war days? Yes, yes it is. But I'm talking about platforms, right? Cause different platforms approach reselling differently. Oh, I got, I got some diversity for you. Some okay. Diversification. All right. You ready for this? Talk to me. So, you know, we're moving. Yeah. We're, we're, we've talked a couple episodes ago about kind of the stress of like, okay, selling the stuff inside of our house that we use, like when do we list it? Do we list it early and then potentially it sells early? And then now we're going a couple months before we move without the stuff because we're not going to have anywhere to move it. So if it's day of and we haven't sold it, it's just going to the thrift store. Like there's nowhere for it to go. Uh, so we started using Facebook marketplace, never used it before okay. already sold like two things instantly. Like the moment nice. we, we posted it, like they sold within an hour. Awesome. Someone came to our house, picked it up easy peasy, one item we had so many people look into, we actually kind of backed out of, of the listing and took it off because we think we way underpriced it. And so we're going to relist <laughs> higher uh, and we weren't ready yet. We're like, yeah. this thing is going to sell like today and, and we use it every day. So like, um, so yeah. So just from that, I'm, I'm learning how important it is to diversify because I've already been using Craigslist and offer up to some extent. Um, but Facebook marketplace is something I never used until this weekend. Nice. That's good. Yeah, and I use OfferUp, right? And OfferUp, I do find I do a little bit better on OfferUp in the summer. I let go. I don't know. I'm kind of back and forth about let go. I just don't like their their form. But you know, for me, the big winner for me, and I know everybody's just starting, but you know, not everybody, but there's a lot of people that haven't started Amazon. That's what I meant to say. And so this is going to be like, oh, Orlando, like you talk about Amazon, but hey, you know what? If you want to start, like there's no better day than today. And I know there's a lot of hoops to jump through. I know I keep bugging Mike pretty much every other podcast, but Amazon does not know a summer slowdown. It just doesn't. It, it's great. It, it is a, to me, it is insane. The sales that happen in July, hmm. like before prime day, after prime day, during prime day. And, uh, what I'll say is, you know, 
a lot of people have been DMing us about, you know, what do I do with Amazon Prime Day? And I always tell people you should start with books. So are people going to be looking for books on Prime Day? Probably not. Right. But it, it's for me, it's like, hey, it doesn't hurt. Hey, you do a little bit of prime, you do a little bit of books, you do a little bit of RA and you just see how it goes. Right. The key thing is understanding kind of the motions of Amazon. I think that's what people get scared the most. Right. Right, because you haven't done a shipment yet, right? So, and part of it is the motions, right? Yeah. Is that concerning you, like, or the low ROI on things, or no? It's stories? not even. It's not even. It's it's yeah. It's the idea that we're going to spend all of this time and energy sending stuff in, and then we're going to end up getting like a one negative review, or we're going to get blacklisted yeah. on an item, and stuff's going to be sent back, and we're just going to be, you know. No, I agree. I, I up I, a creek. Tr- trust me, it, it's not something that I take lightly. Like. That's I, I mean it's I haven't lost sleep in a long time, but there were moments that I was worried about my suspension, and I never got suspended, but I get I came close because of really stupid reasons. But I will say, like when I talk about diversification, you know, knowing that sales are slow, right? We talked about this. You have extra time. Maybe now is the time to go. You know what? I want to learn this Amazon process. Mm, that's good, and and it might be a good time to um, for you to diversify and get onto Poshmark. It might be, but. I have something to add to that caveat. All right. Okay. So diversifying platform. Well, well, yeah, I want to talk about it. So we're talking about diverse, diversifying platforms. So Poshmark, I think, is definitely changing. Obviously, we know that. Did you know now that, like, remember that uh, Department 56 stuff you picked up mm-hmm. a little bit ago that we'll talk about next podcast? You, you're going to be able to sell that on Poshmark eventually. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Um, I mean, I'm interested. I'm interested to see if they keep the same... Uh, process with anything that goes through a, a, a USPS box or if it's under five pounds, it still ships for the six ninety nine. Cause that would be nice. That would be nice. So again, Poshmark, I think majority of those pieces are probably under five pounds. So that'd be good. And and it's interesting. Cause I saw, I saw somebody that they talk about, they picked, they sold a Hawaiian shirt for like $60 that they paid for a dollar for, for me that I was like, wow, like on eBay, I'll get those prices for like, yeah. I'll get offers that high. But if Poshmark is doing something, it, maybe it's it's time. It's not time for me yet, but I'll tell you why in a little bit. Just list like 10 shoes on there and forget it. Like, don't even share them. Just list them and forget it. <laughs> just, just forget it. Yeah. So here's what's keeping me busy now. And, 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 and what's keeping me busy is right now. So I, for a long time, had a certain amount of inventory, right? I had about, you know, about 1,300 to 1,500. Okay. I'm aiming for 2,000 by the end of June. Okay, so that's going to require a lot of effort. So once I get to that two thousand, then I think I'm going to jump onto that, maybe. And and you can just simply cross post. I mean, just take stuff you've already got listed on eBay and just, you know, I agree. Take the pictures off. You don't have to take new pictures. You don't have to take new measurements. I mean, to be real, it's a sharing component that drives me. Yeah, it's and, just, and, and I'm sharing. Not, I'm not a fan of the sharing. Unfortunately, sharing is a big part. But I mean, we still get Poshmark sales, and we haven't shared in probably a couple of weeks. So okay, that's good. Yeah, I mean. It, is it a part of it? Yeah, but people still search. Like, I wanted to get a pair of pants, um, the 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 brand I like, the Piranha. And when people are looking for specific items, they're searching. So the types of items you're selling, right? Like Harley shirts, Hawaiian shirts, certain types of sneakers and shoes, and people search for that. Now, where I don't think people do the search for as much are like the not necessarily name brand boutique items where like my wife has a whole bunch of clothes that she buys from this boutique online, which aren't like 
any specific brand. It's just like a cute top, right? And it's like, well, I don't know what makes it cute. It's like a no-name brand, but some little company made it. Yeah. And so I think those are the things that you need to be sharing in order for people to see it and go, oh, that's that's cute. But if somebody's looking for Harley stuff, if somebody's looking for a certain brand, they're going to type in. Okay, right? I get so it. So I think I think you specifically you could probably get away without as much sharing. Do I know that for sure? I don't know, but probably try it. You know what? I'm going to do 10 listens. Do it. And we'll talk about it next podcast. We'll see what happens. I'll follow your uh, your closet. My closet. I'm not sure. I'll share. My I'll share all your stuff for you. Okay, it'll get shared once. Yeah, I'll share it every few days. So okay, there you posh go. Posh love. I, I think I set up a posh one. I have the app. That's all I know. But I do the. I use the app for research. Okay, so platforms. Okay, so you got to diversify. Another thing is, you know, we've talked about Bonanza before, and it's funny because people every once in a while will go. What in the world is Bonanza? Have you done Bonanza yet? Nope. Just import it. It's the easiest thing to do. Just import all your eBay listings. And I've gotten some sales over the summer, nice sales from Bonanza. Not saying you're going to make a ton of money, but hey, an extra 200 bucks in a month. I'm going to look it up right now. Okay. Keep talking. <laughs> While we're doing the podcast. Yep. All right. So I will say diversify platforms. If there's ever a time for you to jump on another platform, there's Mercari. A lot of people like Mercari. I'm, I would say I will go to Poshmark before I go to Mercari, but a lot of people have success in Mercari. Yeah, I need to, we, we tested out Mercari a little bit, but I didn't take it very seriously. Um, like sometime last year, right? Um, I think I need to give it a try again. A lot of people talk highly of it. Yeah. And I think it's, I think now is the time. Now there's the other side, right? Don't waste too much time because then you're going to put yourself in a bind, right? If, if eBay is consistently bringing you sales then keep listening on eBay. Yeah. If, if, but if you've got free time, I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. It's like if, if, if you've listed everything on eBay and then you're sitting there twiddling your fingers, like, wait Does that a exist? Uh, sales, listed everything on eBay? Sales are going to come in, right? But if you've, if you've got nothing, no new inventory to list, you might as well put it on Bonanza and Mercari and Poshmark. You know, I want to know if there's anybody out there that. And, has run out of inventory to list. Let us know in the comments below. Yeah, I'm sure there are. Not everybody has inventory reserves packed up. Okay, let's put it this way. If you've been reselling for six months and you're all listed, let us know. I could see it like if you've been reselling for a month, two months, but once you get to six months. Okay, but you also know, is it a lot of extra time? I mean, you saw um, the Sell Quick, Ship Quick, how their process is set up. How much extra time is it to list on three platforms? No, I get it. An extra minute per item? I know. No, I, I, I get it. I get it. I'm just stubborn. You guys know, those of you who've been listening to the podcast for a long time, you know that I'm, I'm pretty stubborn. I'll admit it. I get it. Okay. Now, I want to say don't just diversify platforms. Diversify what you're selling. And this is where I think, you know, a lot of people aren't going to be comfortable with. Clothing, in my experience, and some might disagree. If you disagree, let us know in the comments. It's terrible in the summer. It really is. It, to me, I like wine shirts sell, sandals will sell, some Harley stuff, some other stuff will sell no matter what. But the volume of sales I get in clothing definitely goes down for me. Hmm. Did you experience that? Because you weren't selling like I wasn't a lot selling, of clothing. I wasn't selling clothing, I don't think at all. Uh, the, when I first started, I really can't. I mean, you maybe sold some like shoes. A, that skin caliper. Yeah, it was all like electronics and yeah. random knickknacks and... Um, Stuff like that. But I think, okay, so summertime, yeah. So so what you're what you're selling, okay. So part of what you gotta do is think of what's big in the summer, right? Like what are some summer what are some summer activities or things that people are purchasing? Well, I would say not just summer, I would say year round. 
right? Well, I mean, of course, there's going to be year-round stuff, which you should always find. But if you've already got enough year-round stuff, you're probably not so concerned about the summer slowdown. But what are specifically ways you can capitalize on summer, right? I'm thinking camping, right? Beach stuff. What are some things? What are some things that like people are like? It's the summertime. I need to buy fill in the blank. Well, the thing is, you got to be careful of is that people bite early too. Right. So like I sold a ton of sandals in March and April, right? I sold a ton of like swim swim trunks and and tank tops and I sold a lot. You sell used swim trunks? Mm-hmm. All right. I've never tried that. Yeah. I, it's kind of scary. It has to be worth it. <laughs> I don't know. That's just me. I don't like touching stuff. So but uh if it's like something that I'll make more than fifty bucks on, I'll pick it up. It's very rare. How do you know what swim trunks are worth more than fifty bucks? Like loudmouth, or there's certain there, there's certain polo. There's there's huh. stuff out there, not a lot, uh, but you know, I every once in a while, usually they're new with tags. That, but that that's the better way to do it for sure. New with tags. <laughs> it just cracks me up. No people people will buy. I'm telling you, there's a market out there for that. So okay. So what I mean is like collector's items, right? Collector's items year. So those Lionel trains, remember that I picked up? I have not listed those and it's been a year. It's, you know, it's going to be a year like in about, guess what? They're getting listed. Speaking of Lionel trains, okay. I found a, a box of them, but they were not like the model train trains. It looked more like a kid's toy train set, yep. but they were all Lionel and I didn't buy them because I couldn't find like, I didn't know what keywords to look up to find. Do you know what those are? Like, are they any good? Are they worth it? Yeah, uh, I I would say the one, they were like plastic kind of. Yeah. Yeah. They're not, most of those aren't worth it. Yeah. It didn't seem like it. They didn't seem to have like that collector's feel to it. They just look like kid's toys. My judge is like if, if a kid chucked it and it hurt someone, then it's worth something. That's the way that's why I gauge it. Like how hefty is it? How hefty how it much, is it? How much how many stitches would it cause? Yeah, no, exactly. thrown by a two year old. To me, the heavier the Lionel train, the more expensive it's gonna be. That's just my thoughts. Now, so for example, like the last few days I've been selling Bose equipment, like that I haven't listed. So, you know, you just saw that offer I had earlier, like 120 bucks for something I paid 20 bucks for. I just sold a center speaker for a hundred bucks. I just sold a Snap-on, uh, like, little toy truck for 40 bucks. I sold a Swatch watch for 90 So you got to source differently. Like, you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. And this is if you want to make those sales. Now, is it possible that you l- keep listing a bunch of clothing and you'll sell clothing? I think it's possible. Is it possible that you have certain niches of clothing that you're selling? Well, I think it's possible. But in my experience, I'm just speaking about my experience is hard goods definitely does a lot better for me in the summer. Nice. Yeah, let us know down in the comments. What what are you selling over the summer? What do you have the most success with? Uh, specific, maybe general categories and then like specific items. Like what what are your, your go-to summer? And obviously don't give away like if, if you got a secret niche, but like, you know, the the things that can help everybody out. Like what, what are some things we should all be looking at when we're at thrift stores, garage sales or doing retail arbitrage? But I think I think that's why Mike did well last summer. I think there's conspiracy that eBay was trying to hook you in. I think there's there's some truth to that. So is it a conspiracy if there's truth? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just a little bit. By the way, we need to make another conspiracy episode. Do we? I think it's time. So you know what? The road. I, I was honestly just foolish when I first started. Like I was I was naive and it worked in my favor. Like I cannot tell you how many times now I go into thrift stores and garage sales and I have more of a feeling of like I know what I'm doing. That's so I awesome. go quicker. And I'm not, you know, I'm picking up certain things, but because I, I have this almost, I know what I'm doing attitude, 
I don't have that naive belief that everything might be worth money. So I'm not picking stuff up and scanning and looking at knickknacks and things, which probably works my benefit because I'm moving quick and I'm getting those bread and butter items. But I'm also, I think one of the reasons I did so well when I first started is I, I grabbed a wooden duck off a table that you yep. walked by and I'm like, this has got to be worth money. And you're like, mm. right. Like I was just naive and it worked point. out. Right. So, so part of it too, when it comes to diversifying what you're, you're sourcing and selling is don't be afraid to go outside of your comfort zone. Be a little naive and say, I don't know anything about, you know, fill in the blank teacups, but you know, I know there's a market I'm going to spend, I'm going to spend six hours over the next couple of weeks, just learning about them, researching them. Who knows? Maybe that's that item that's going to take you over the edge this summer. Well, and that's the thing. So I've had big money items sell in the summer. So I've had an item that sells for 400 or 500 or close to a thousand. And it's like, okay, I don't have to stress about having sales over the next three, four days. It's a nice one I do. But, you know, if you get out of your comfort zone and you buy something that makes you a decent amount of money, it's going to be worth it that you get out of that comfort zone. Yeah. I mean, I was at a garage sale the other day and there was so much Barbie stuff. Like a lot of it was vintage. And I've already kind of been like, uh, you, I look up so much Barbie. Yeah, stuff I wouldn't even worth, look at Barbie. It's stuff. worth nothing. But I found one Barbie set um, that unfortunately wasn't complete and I decided not to get it. And it was like a, a Coca-Cola Barbie set thing. And they were selling on eBay for like over $300. Nice. And these people wanted like two bucks for it. Part of it was because it was incomplete. But now I know going into looking at Barbie, there's at least one Barbie item I'm looking for, right? But now normally I look and I'm like, Barbie, not even going to look it up. But when you're naive and you're like, Barbie, that must be worth money. And you start looking up items and you look up items and you realize that most of them aren't, but you find that one that's like, Oh, and then that expands your knowledge, right? So now I have one more thing in my arsenal, one more tool in my belt that I can go out and use when I'm sourcing. Agreed. So don't just look for the same old, same old. Find other things, especially I would say toys, collectible items, you know, things that people use year round. Like I, I talk about bows, but, you know, sound systems people are going to want year round. You know, there's certain collectibles like we talk about Department 56 or if we talk about, you know, certain kinds of toys, I mean, there's all kinds of toys we can talk about, but, you know, like the Lionel trains and we've discussed, but there are certain things that people will buy year round. So it doesn't hurt to reach out. And I, I like what you said, like being a little bit naive and going, this may be worth something could work to your benefit. Cause that's one of my issues now that I will go through stuff and I'll just fly. And then I'll second guess, like, should I have researched that mm. item? But I'm like, no, I got to move on. I know what I know. Yeah. It's easy to get comfortable, especially when, when you know enough to, to be doing well for yourself that you don't, you, you create a bubble for yourself. This is now your new fixed mindset of like, this is what I can do, mm -hmm. right? Instead of saying like, you know what? Maybe I'll look at other items and I'll look at other things. And, and I'm not saying you can learn everything. I'm not saying you can learn every single niche, um, but you should learn some. And in fact, I recently heard that that saying, uh, that really common saying, a jack of all trades and a master of none. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, is actually incorrect. The way it, it was originally stated and, and it was when it first was being used was used to mean a jack of all trades and a master of one. So the idea really? was a gentleman or a person of like, you know, reputation was supposed to be somebody who knew a lot about like a lot a of things. Person. Yeah. Like you okay. knew a lot about a lot of things, but there was one thing you were an expert in. And I think that that can go, maybe that's the quote of the week, right? Yeah, maybe that can good. go for, for reselling is that I, I think there's a fear of if you're a jack of all trades and you won't be a master of anything, but I think that's not true. I think you can be 
like the expert in Nike shoes or the expert in Hawaiian shirts or electronic electronics or vintage audio or whatever it is and still break out into, you know, Bernstein bear knickknacks or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm just saying like, like, like you can be a Jack of all trades if you're willing to diversify a little bit. Agreed. Agreed. So take that time. I will tell you, like, don't think of diversifying just platforms, diversifying what you source and what you sell. Now talking about sourcing, I think you need to source my thoughts is you need to source differently in the summer. I, I think you need to be one. I think you need to be a lot more selective, right? Because if sales aren't coming in like they used to, right? You, you got to act like you got to run lean on your capital. Yep. Yeah. You're running with less capital. So you don't want to take those long shots as much. Correct. Now, if there's a major purchase, that's going to make you money, then you definitely go for it. Right. But it's not, don't treat it like it's Q4 or Q3 where like, Hey, I'll get a quick turnaround. This will sell in two or three months or the ranking says this, you know, well, okay. The ranking maybe a little bit. Amazon, I tell you, it still runs through the summer, but with eBay, I would say you definitely need to look at the solds in comparison of how much, how many things have not sold. Right. We haven't talked about that much, but do you get what I'm saying? No, absolutely. There's a lot of times I look up items and I'm like, holy cow, these things are selling for $49. And then I look at the current listings and there's a ton of listings all up at $28. And it's like, oh, the last ones that sold were three months ago. So since then, the market is flooded and it's not, you know what I mean? So you have to be willing to look at both things. So you got to be careful what you source, right? And, you know, I've always been a fan of paying up. But, you know, depending on where you are with your capital, it may be time for you to limit yourself unless you know it's a for sure, hey, this is going to sell within the next one to three months that I can make my money on. And if you're not, if you have an eBay store, you should be using Terapeak. Uh, have you been using Terapeak lately to research? Nope. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll run a scenario and I posted about this on Instagram. Do we have a link for Terapeak? Uh, we can put it down there. I mean, it's... It comes with a store subscription. Nice. So everybody should have it. So, hey, real quick, before we move on, if you haven't had a chance yet, you should follow us on Instagram. One of the things I'm going to share right now is something that we dropped on Instagram. We are Pure Hustle Podcast on Instagram, Pure Hustle Podcast on Facebook. We are Pure Hustle Cast on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, we're also on YouTube. So if you're listening to the podcast and you haven't caught us on YouTube. And you want to see our beautiful faces. Our, our, mugs, our mugs. See whose who's beard is better. Uh, go to YouTube. Hit that subscribe, hit that bell button, and we're always looking for more subscribers because we do plan on dropping more content this summer. Yeah, it's going to be summer craziness. That will be exclusively on YouTube because obviously we can't put videos on the podcast. That's right. And if you haven't had a chance yet, hey, write us a review. You know, every once in a while we'll get these random reviews and we're like, why did this person write this? And and you know what? The, the more reviews we have, the better reviews we have, the more this message gets out there and we can help other people. So, hey iTunes review and also that share button on YouTube and, and, uh, iTunes, let's say iTunes already or Spotify, definitely a plus, definitely hit that share button and share with someone who may need this content. And, uh, you know, did I share everything? I think so. I think so. Oh, we do have that PayPal link down. If you want to help us out, you know, monetarily, it's up to you. It's summer slowdown. Keep coffee in, in Mike's cup. Keep coffee and mics up or Diamond Mountain Dew, whatever you want to do with it. And by the way, our content will always be free because we always want to just be out there and helping all of you. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. All right. So um, what are some what are some practical things that we can do 
on eBay or on Amazon in order to help combat this uh, summer slowdown? Slow the slowdown. <laughs> slow the summer slowdown. So be active. And I, and I want to say, and I know this sounds like we talk about it all the time, but I think you have to be more active than ever. Yeah. If summer's a good time to be active. No, I, mean, I, I agree, but I'm talking about in your stores. Oh, okay. Gotcha. No, you're, you're right. You're right. So, and you've heard this a lot. We say this all the time, like list and list and list. But I would say, like some people talk about, they go on like these huge listing sprees, like you list a hundred. I'm not sure about listing a hundred, but I'm saying, you know, at least be listing every day consistently. Mm. Are you listing every day consistently right now? Um, haven't. It's actually, we haven't listed in like a week. We've just been so busy and we listed a lot before. So our store had a huge spike in sales and now it's leveled off because we haven't listed in a while. Uh, but my plan over the summer is to go to the gym in the morning, which I need to do. I haven't been doing it in a while. Not good. Go to the gym in the morning and get back from the gym and list like five or six items before my wife has to leave for work. That nice. way I, I can start helping with taking care of my son. That way... Before the day even starts, before like the work day starts, I've already got six items listed. I've already been to the gym, got the, the the blood flowing, and I'm ready to go. And then hit up some thrift stores. So if I'm listing five items a day, I want to be at least buying five items a day from a thrift store. Okay. And then and then that way I, I've just got this constant thing going all summer long. Yeah, and and you know some people will disagree, but I'm telling you, like you got to do something, right? Whether it's on Amazon, whether it's eBay. So I'll talk about Amazon a little bit. So I find that some days like sales are slow and I've talked about this before and you know, they're not like dead, but they're not as fast as I want. So I'll go in there and I'll drop the price on a few items that I kind of, I'm like, Hey, I'm still going to make profit on this. And what ends up happening is other items indirectly sell that I didn't do anything with. Right. And I find the same thing with eBay. So as far as accepting offers, okay. Do you accept a lot of lowball offers lately? Um, I haven't been accepting lowball offers, but I've been I've been accepting offers where I maybe wouldn't. So I don't know if I'd call them okay, lowball. Okay, so not lowball, but you know. like a little bit more than fifty percent. Oh gosh, I usually don't accept anything that low. Oh, that's right. I mean, hey, you've gotten better though, because I remember back in the day, if it was like only a two bucks less than what you wanted, I you bought it, man. You were like, you're fired. This like, is I'm not doing this, this. Is I've got this item listed for forty nine ninety nine with free shipping, and you want it for forty? How about? Forty-eight ninety-nine was free shipping. That was Mike a year ago. Yeah. That was so you. I'll, I'll make a deal with you. <laughs> I remember those moments. Now some people just do buy it now with no best offers. So that that. But we make a lot of sales off of offers. So yeah, I, I definitely say keep the offers. If if I mean if that's your thing. Yeah, that's just our perspective. But I, I build it into my price though. Like I, I usually list a little bit higher, knowing that there's there's like a five dollar ten dollar wiggle room on most items. Yeah, and you just know going in. Yeah, yeah, no, and you're willing to take that loss because it's not a loss. You already mm -hmm. planned for it. So kind of like budgeting for the summer kind of deal. Mindset, man. Mindset, mindset. But what, what I'm trying to say is, you know, we've talked about this before. Like if things are slow and somebody gives you a 50% offer, you probably need to take that offer. I know that sounds terrible, but there's something that happens with eBay or with Amazon that when you're willing to take – I wouldn't say a loss. I wouldn't say play the losing game because you're never going to make money, but you're willing to take some losses. I, I think in retail, it's called the loss leader. Have you ever heard that term mm -hmm. before? Right? Where you're willing to lose money on some items because eventually the, the customer is going to buy more items from your store because you got them in. I think it doesn't apply exactly the same on eBay and Amazon, 
but it applies in the sense that the algorithm, you know, invites buyer more buyers, I guess, to your item. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense that eBay would do that too. I mean, they want people buying because they're going to make, they make money. They don't care how much you're making and they would make more if it sold for more, but, but they're in a volume game, right? Like they're making percents. So they want items moving too. Uh, so they're going to, they're going to reward people who are doing that, not just letting items mm-hmm. sit there where they're not making any money on and their servers are holding all the information. And then too, you know, you look at companies like Amazon, you look at companies like Walmart and those companies started, their entire business model was to run on a deficit, to run where they continue to expand and get bigger and sell their items for so cheap that they're barely making any money, if any money at all. And they're just running on this projected where they're going to make money. And eventually they're the household name. They have so much influence. They have so much real estate. They have all of the, the, the customers and then they can raise their prices by a dollar an item and nobody's going to complain because they're still cheaper than anywhere else. And then they just rake in the money. Right. So uh, it makes sense that eBay would be following in the same, you know, policy of, of it's okay for people to sell items for lower. We're going to, to encourage you to do that because then people are going to be willing to look on eBay to buy items, which ultimately helps all of the sellers and eBay Agreed. and the buyers. And that's why, you know, lately I've been very big on like, if I'll get, you know, an offer that's okay, but I normally wouldn't take it, I'll take it in the summer just because. I want to trigger that algorithm. Not saying it'll it'll trigger it, but I don't know. The experience lately has shown me that like eBay wants to see continued sales. And the hard part is we'll never know, right? You'll never know yeah. that if you didn't take that offer, would you still have got those other sales that came in that day or or not? You know, you'll never know. But um, you know, sometimes it's good to you just use your information that you have over a long period of time, and if it seems consistently like that works for you, then then go for it. And and it seems like a lot of resellers have come to a consensus that taking those offers, um, it, it helps. So at least try it. I mean, maybe maybe you break even on a couple items or, or make a, a lower amount of profit than you were hoping for. But if that opens up the floodgates for all of those other items, do it. Do it, do it, do it. Try it. I mean, what do you got to lose? I have an aha moment. Aha. I remembered what I forgot. Oh, We ended up having to edit this episode. <laughs> okay. It was Terapeak. Do you remember we were talking yeah, about therapy? Are we okay? Can we go back to this real quick? Yeah. What do you, what do you got to tell us about therapy? All right. So if you're not researching with therapy, you may be leaving money on the table. So eBay goes back. How far does eBay go back? 90 days. Okay. Therapy goes back one year. Nice. Okay. So. Is it an app? Can I, can I? Yeah. So it's connected. So if you have an eBay subscription, a basic or higher, it comes with your subscription. Right? So it's an app. Oh, Mike's not going to be happy about this one though. It's only Apple. It's only Apple right now. But wah, wah. but you can use it on your computer. Do people use the word computer anymore? Yeah, why wouldn't people use the weird. word computer? Oh, because I use a MacBook. Which is a computer. It's but it's a, not a laptop. It's a MacBook. No, it's a laptop. It's a MacBook. MacBook is the type of laptop that it is. It's a MacBook. Anyways, all right. So you can still... You can Brainwash. Still, so I wonder... It's so funny because we literally stopped recording for like five minutes because I couldn't remember and it just hit me. So it was really funny. It was really like, funny. I thought Orlando was going to have a meltdown. I was because I want to share this with you guys because, for example, this last week, and I shared this on Instagram. This is what I meant when I said, hey, make sure you're following us on Instagram because we drop knowledge. So I had this Harley Davidson diorama. Do you know what dioramas are? Yeah. Right? Like, you know, little kids, you uh-huh. make this little setup. So it's a Harley one. So I looked up comps on eBay. The latest one sold for 100. I'm like, oh, that's impressive. Like, I'm going to list one for 100. I go to Terapeak. Terapeak. 
260, 270, to something. We also had a seller contact us via DMs on, on Instagram, say, Hey Orlando, so I so I listed this this hat and it sold within five minutes for a good amount of money. And he goes, I'm kind of worried that I sold it for too cheap. And so I go, you know what? Let me try helping you out. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of Terapeak. Let me check on Terapeak. I checked on Terapeak. So this person sold it for around 100. On Terapeak, the last, I think, like two sold for around 300. Okay. Hey, which tells you Terapeak might be a tool you can use for eBay arbitrage. Right? Like, because yeah, no, if you're using point. it, if yeah. you're using it in a way other people aren't, where people are looking only at the last 90 days, especially if you know there's ups and downs of items over seasons, right? When it's those down seasons, you know it's a down season because you can look. I mean, Christmas items, we've already talked about, they sell year round, but I'm sure as you get to a few months before Christmas, there's a spike, right? Items probably go up in price. Certain items maybe stay consistent, but there's some that are probably a little more volatile. Well, if you're using Terapeak, you can be in the middle of summer and realize people are listing stuff on eBay way too low, buy it, wait a few months, and then you flip it for more. Or just buy it and relist it as soon as you get it. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Actually, today I did find some items that I've sold for over 100 and people were selling them for like 35. Nice. And I'm like, what is the... So anyways... That's a good little niche for you. I think I might have found like a, a little market niche for me, but it's, it's, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't figured it out hundred percent yet, but I'm, I'm excited about it. I'll tell you about it later. Okay, good. So this is what I want to say though, with Terapeak in relation to summer slowdown. Okay. Number one, be careful because if things are selling for cheaper in the summer, cause people are trying to get those lower sales, right. To open that door, then it's worth it to you to do Terapeak because you may be leaving money on the table Two, Terapeak also gives you sell through rate percentage. So that's really helpful. Right. To know like, hey, if I pick this item up, like eBay, you're going to have to do like the mental math, right? Mm-hmm. How many items there are, how many I've sold and da, 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 da. Therapy has that info for you. So if you do have, you know, an iPhone, definitely use the Therapy app. If you don't, you have an Android, you can still get on Therapy via the web, right? Still there for you. So, so glad I remembered. I wish we didn't edit this. I wish you, everybody saw the breakdown that happened. So everybody could see Orlando's. Uh, oh, I was so I was so messed fit. up because I want to help you guys out. And when I mean, I, I almost like called a counselor. For no, him. it wasn't that bad. Like, but, but I think it's the first episode I think we had where we just shut it down, and Mike just sat here and like I want to say I had like a, a Gary V meltdown. Like <laughs> I gotta get this content out. I gotta figure out what this is. And you know, I appreciate Mike and I appreciate the editing that you did. You're welcome. Once this gets released, if you edit it, I'm good if you don't, but whatever. It's kind of funny though. So anyways, that is actually a practical thing, right? It's a sourcing thing and a practical thing. Hey, use Terapeak. It's there. I will tell you, I use it so much more now when I source. Yeah. Good. Okay. So we're talking about activity. We just talked about accepting lower offers. Hey, running sales. Do you run sales? Um, I don't run sales. You I, haven't, run I sales. haven't done it yet. Okay. So it's not as big as it used to be, but... I always run a sale all the time. There's very rare. And I notice when I, my sale stops, my sales stop. It's weird. Can't explain it. But whenever there's like two or three days and things are slower, I'm like, what's going on? And I'll look and everything's selling at full price. Mm. So take that advantage. Now, the only way you can run a sale is if you have a store subscription. Okay. So you're going to need a store subscription, but you know, even if it's just 10%, 15%, people are looking for some kind of deal. Right. And you got to price your items, you know, at a certain place where you're okay losing that 15% and 
And then if somebody sends you a best offer that's lower, you're okay with that too. Does that make sense? No. So I'm going to also say don't fight for every dollar. Right? Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it already, right? Where I... I was fighting. Okay, yeah, I was true. fighting for yeah. every penny that I could get, you know. So, so yeah, that 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 was. Don't get offended. Don't get take it personal. Yeah, yeah. Don't take it personal. I mean, I, I take I take rude comments personally because I true, look at true. some That's people good. like, "What is wrong with you?" Uh, but uh, that never happens. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, when somebody lowballs you, um, I mean, it, I think we put it on Instagram several months ago where I was trying to pick up a camera and we oh, told the right. story, and I I, I can't even. I won't allow the words to come out of my mouth that this person said to me back. We'll keep it because, pure hustle. Because I lowered, like, I, lo- I gave him a lower offer than he was looking for, right? Like, that was it. All I did was, like, offer him lower than he wanted, and he had a lot of words for me. So it was kind of uh, it was kind of sad. Yeah, don't take, it, don't take it personal at all. Yeah, and so, remember, you got to make those sales. So if you have to make those sales, right, you can't fight for every dollar because it's better to have some dollars in the bank than have some dollars tied up right? And different items. And you, then you have less capital to work with. So make sure you do not do that. Now, run sales. We talked about that. Promoted listings. This is a little controversial. I, not a lot of people are happy with promoted listings. Have you heard that? Really? I didn't know people were upset about that. Well, it, it has. So it's, it's a big moneymaker for eBay, right? So this is what I keep telling you. Like if you go on forums and you type in promoted listings, you will get like all kinds of like I would say negativity, hmm. right? And promoted listings, you're kind of like, you know, we've talked about this. Like we pay an upfront fee, right, to list. You know, even if you have a store, you're still paying the upfront store fee. And then you're paying a list uh, a fee on the back end for promoted listings. But listen, if that's the way eBay has set it up, you're in their sandbox, like you got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I'm more upset with the a lot of their store subscription stuff and the promoted listing because you don't have to promote everything. You might find it's best to promote everything. Um, you get to kind of choose how much you're willing to, to, to promote it or not promote it at all. There's items I don't promote and they sell just fine. And there's certain items that I'm like, this is kind of a weird thing. I'm going to promote it. If it sells, I'm going to have to spend, it tells you how much, like an extra dollar. I just look at it as if I take a best offer, um, would I be willing to take it for this price? And if the answer is yes, might as well do the promoted listing because, yeah, you're giving that money to eBay instead of giving it to the customer. But you only pay that if they click it from your ad. So if if, it, if they don't get it from it being promoted, if they find it some other way, you don't have to pay that that promoted fee. Now, there's a couple of things I did want to share about that. Those to be careful of. So number one, you know, we I talked about earlier in the podcast about good till canceled. Right. And we kind of don't know the effects of good till canceled being on all listings now. Way to combat that is promoted listings, right? So there, there's promoted listings. And we talked about this, I think, like two podcasts ago where eBay, the eBay rep basically said promoted listings will keep you in the running. It's just me. It's just based on how many items of your particular item are listed already. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it does. And then the other thing, too, is the way promoted listings, from what I gather, work is if there are a lot of items um, that are promoted, they're only going to do the put up at the top the people who've paid the most. Correct. Right? It's so, like Google AdWords. Like, so your items are still going to be there. So if you have better pictures, if you have a better price point, if you have better description, if you like all of those things, people don't always buy the sponsored one, right? So even, even if you've promoted it, you might not be paying the promoted listing. 
And if you've got all of your stuff right, like you're still in the running, you still might be on that front page, especially if you're sourcing items that aren't flooded. Like if it's a market where there's not 500 of them already on eBay, if it's something where it's like there's seven active listings right now, um, you know, there you go. Like you don't probably don't even need to promote at that point. I'm not saying don't promote. I probably still would promote because any edge you can get is good. Yeah. You got to be careful and promote it though. You don't want to promote everything. Right. You know what I mean? You got to promote items that... Well, so because you, you don't want to promote yourself out of a business. That is true. You want to you want to promote. Now, the other thing that people have talked about, and I have not done this, so I can't speak on it. So I want to just speak on this because a lot of people have asked us. So good till canceled. So some people have talked about what people used to do back in the day, where if if your listing got stale, you you cancel it, and then you end it, and then you do sell similar and you relist it. So that might keep your item fresh. The only catch to it is it lowers you back on the Google algorithm for searches and you lose your watchers. Yeah, you would lose your watchers. Um, but I, I think of, of it lowering you back. I mean, if it's an, the idea of stale item, right? Like mm -hmm. if you're thinking like this item has been on too long, it's been viewed too many times, it hasn't been purchased. So, so Google and or eBay is already lowering it down. Then starting over probably isn't going to start you lower than you were when it was stale. I don't know. There's, there's talk. See, this is what we don't know what we don't know. Some people are saying, yeah, it'll bring you back up because it list gives it a new item number and it's like, it's new. Here's one. That I don't know. I don't know if this is okay with the eBay guidelines. So don't, don't take my, uh, okay. Don't, don't, I'm don't take me on this. This the, the is just, riskiness. this is just like, I don't know. I'm throwing it out there. Kind of going back to like when I first started, I had, you know, eBay was trying to hook me. And I know some people run multiple stores for different things to keep different types of stuff separate. Is it worth starting a separate store over the summer and then just moving items from one over? You know what I mean? Like so, your your big ticket items. Yeah. Is that some is that is that some people I'm do? Team, is that I'm team one store. And okay. the only reason I will say that I, I gotta give, you know, it's it's a scavenger life. I just I gotta give respect to them for that one because they actually tried it. Like I don't know a lot of people that have actually tried it. Uh, and maybe you have, but scavenger, I don't know. They have like 400 episodes, but I want to say somewhere in the three hundreds. So they actually did. They started a whole different store, you know, and looking if it was going to increase the velocity of sales or get more, make more money. And ultimately nothing changed. Hmm. Right. And so they just found, they just ended up like, usually they had to use ink frog and they just shifted all their listings over and they kept their one store. So I don't know. There's some people out there. Like I just saw uh, Wade's Ventures. Uh, Wade just opened up his third store. So I don't, I really don't know. I will tell you, I only know what I know because, you know, when um, Jay and Ryan did that on Scavenger Life, they actually did it. <laughs> like they actually experimented it. And to me, that spoke volumes. And so I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm not going to go. Because ultimately, like, I don't think people shop on eBay like they're shopping at a, at a store. No. They're just looking for that one item. Yeah. Right? So it, it, nobody's going to go like, hey, I don't know if I want to buy, you know, that Gucci purse because they're also selling, you know, Department 56 items. No, that's true. But but I think where it might be beneficial, and again, this this might just be a temporary fix, but if it's true that eBay works really hard to hook new sellers and push okay, your I items, it. I see what you're saying. Then if you started a store that was just to to get you through <laughs> just for summer, two months and shut it down, just to get you through the summer, right? Of like, because they give you enough free listings, right? Like every time you list something, it's like we're going to give you sixty free listings this month, like on this special. Like that is that's, a super I, theoretical idea. 
You know what I, I mean? Like, like, like just, and put those items, like if they're pushing it, put those items that are like, I really would love for this to sell because I'd make a ton of money, right? Don't put your bread and butter items in there. Put the big items that yeah, eBay but, will okay. push for you. But here, but here's, here's the catch to that. So people want trusted sellers, like with a lot of feedback. So the hard thing is, you know, let's say you have, you know, board game Mike opens a store and he puts, what's a super expensive board game? They're all pretty expensive. Okay, some Dungeons and Dragons thing out okay. there. Okay, and you list it for a thousand, right? Who's gonna get it? Who's gonna get the sale probably faster? I think your old store would get that sale faster because you have a proven track record. That's true. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, anyways, I don't know. We're just thinking out loud. Maybe right the now. middle of the road items. Then there you go. Whatever it is. All right. So promoted listings. Hey, as much as it, it may pain you to lose that, you know, a few extra dollars. Promoted listings will push you. And again, this is summer, right? So if we're looking at there's no savings, it's feast or famine, you got to do what you got to do, right? The other part is if you haven't done free shipping, you haven't done free returns, those are other things you may need to turn on. Now, the other thing I want to talk about is accept, not accepting offers, sending offers. Oh, yeah. We love it. We send offers all the time. Okay. And we love are it. Are they converting to sales? Oh, yeah. Okay, so it's converting to sales and it's dropping watchers off. So all of those people who are watching for no reason at all, they go away. And why do you say they go away? Because they get tired of getting offers, man. Yeah. Like if you're sending offers every every week, right? You know, on the same items, they're gonna they're gonna go. Okay, so the thing is, is you want to make sure that you are being consistent. I because I really do believe if eBay set up send offers, right on their platform they're expecting you to use it, right? So for a long time, if you listen to our early podcast, Mike and I were always like, when's eBay going to do this? When eBay is going to do it? When's eBay going to do this? Now that they have it, right? It's kind of like Poshmark. Poshmark expects you to share. I think eBay expects you to send offers. Yeah, I mean, it might add an extra level to the game. Uh, that might be one more thing that triggers items. But I mean, it's been converting to sales and I haven't felt like if we don't do it for a week that our sales go down. So it's not like Poshmark in the sense that like now... You have to be sending offers or they're not going to. But I will tell sales. you, I've been testing this theory. And why I tested it specifically for this podcast. So I've been spending my time listing, uh, not listing, sending 30 to 100 offers a day. And within an hour or two, I will get a sale. And it's a nice sale. And it's not even something I sent an offer on. Now, could it be all conspiracy? Maybe. But I do believe that it triggers the algorithm because it's seen activity, right? So whether it's your, you know, changing prices, whether it's your updating something, whether it's your adding a few things, whether it's your sending offers, eBay likes seeing that activity. So I will say, send offers, send offers, send offers, send offers. Uh, it's easy to do, and you know, it it it's, it's so easy now. It seems to On convert. The seller hub? Yeah, it seems to convert to to sales and. You know, like I said, it gets people off who are watching that that are just kind of annoying that they're there and you think that something's going to sell. But who knows? I mean, like we've talked about before, I, I feel like people put stuff in their cart, they watch it, and then like a week or two later, they decide like, eh, I don't want this thing. They just don't take it off. Once you remind them once or twice, like, hey, you're watching this, they go, oh, yeah, get that off my, my cart, which gives you a better idea of when you get a lowball offer, if you've got 10 watchers on an item, you're probably not taking a lowball offer. Yep. If you've got no watchers on an item and the offer comes in, you might be like, well, it's been up for a while. There's not a lot of interest. That, that's just one more piece of information. Now, if you've got 10 watchers and all of them are flakes, 
well, now you don't have accurate information. If you can get rid of those, those people who aren't actually interested, you've got better information to work with. Agreed. And if you have inventory that's been sitting around for a long time, making that send offer a little bit sweeter is worth it, right? Yeah. Because it gets that out of your inventory and you make the sale and you keep reinvesting that money. So definitely, I, I wanted to end on that practical note with send offers because I truly believe that eBay wants all sellers using it because they wouldn't have taken the time and taken so long to get it together unless it's a tool that they expect it to be used consistently. Yep. yep. That's good. Use it. Use it. It's right. available. So we talked about mindset. We talked about diversifying, right? In several aspects. We talked about ways to stay active and ultimately don't give up this summer. Yeah. Don't give up. Right. Keep this going. is the testing time. Yeah. And, and the way I look at it too is people react one of two ways, right? People, people look at the negative and they give up. Or people take summer off because it's like, well, it's nice outside. I can go to the beach. I can go do this. I can. If you're outworking your competition, give it a year, give it two years. It'll be obvious who worked over the summer and who didn't. Agreed. Agreed. And again, you don't always have to work as hard every summer. But if this is like your first full-time summer or if this is your first time, you know, part-time, you may have to work harder just to figure out what you need to do to be successful. Right. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast, if you can be successful now in slowing down the summer slowdown, you'll be successful other times of the year. Yeah. So with all that being said, hey, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling. Peace. Peace.